We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. found out that I was actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand with a color as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we meet, drink coffee or other drinks, and talk about cults, sects, and new religious movements from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will contain strong language. And I do have some uh, heavy content warnings for you today, John. Go on. Uh, So content warnings uh, up top for sexual abuse, child abuse, child sexual abuse. I will like fully clearly signpost when we're about to talk about one of these issues. So if you do need to skip that, you can skip that. Um, and the episode, I've tried to plan so it kind of goes upwards in disgustingness and horribleness. Okay. So if you get to a point where you're like, nah, this is too much, skip the end of the episode. Uh, come back and just hear us say bye if you want to, but that's okay. Um, I'll just imagine what I'm saying goodbye is like and just leave it at that. At that yeah, that's fine. Listen to the end of another episode that you didn't find um, distressing. And uh, I, don't know. I don't know that we've got that many where that's the, that's the case. Um, and I'm going to be avoiding like graphic descriptions of those abuses as well. It will just be a mention of them. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate that. Um, on the subject of our horrendous episodes, someone was telling me the other day that they um, had listened to something heavy in one of our episodes and they went, oh, I'll choose a nicer one to listen to next. And they went, oh, Ant Hill Kids. That sounds nice. Oh, That's no. a, it's got ants in the title. That sounds playful and animal based. Oh, but that I think that might be the worst one. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so um, sorry, that friend. Shout out to Kate. Sorry about that. I'm sorry, that just Kate. just amused me that that was a misunderstanding. That was probably the worst episode yet. Yeah. Oh, no. Go back and listen to it, listeners. If you're if you're new to the podcast, it's it's bleak, but entertaining. I don't know what the but is. We yeah, we yeah, it's bleak. Yeah. Um. Uh. Thank you for those listeners who've got in touch about our previous JW episodes and the episodes that we've had in the past. A specific shout out today to Cassandra who let us know it's her birthday this week and she was happy birthday. To us. Yay! Um. I hope your uh, postal routes are safe and free of weather and COVID nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any? Uh, do we have any more housekeeping? Oh, if you would like to be someone who gets in touch with us, you can. Uh, you can do that via email, coffeeandcults at gmail.com or on our various social media platforms at Coffee and Cults. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get started? Okay. Yeah, so it. welcome back to our uh, short series on the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, if you've joined us on this episode, we've got episode one and two. They're just like the last couple of episodes that we released so probably don't start here go back and listen to those um because at the end of the last episode uh we talked about the stuff that you could do that would get you kicked out um and we're kind of going uh, kind of around that today in that stuff that you could do that may not get you kicked out or some even stupider stuff that would get you kicked out go on john and we'll just repeat our usual disclaimer which is that we are reporting accusations that have been made from a variety of sources um, and that although this podcast has a very clear C word um, in the title of it, we are not necessarily specifically using that term for this group, but pointing out the sheer volume of allegations of um, high control and uh, abuses that are relevant and um and seem credible and sam will talk about her sources later on Um, yeah i might use another c word to describe some of these people great (laughs) it will be implied i think i think you can draw your own c words (laughs) i meant we should do a podcast i feel like we might have said this before that's just about people we don't a different person we don't like each time sam oh my god we just call that coffee and cunts yeah, <laughs> just really uh, and savage just, a different person and fully describe them all but saying like their name and occupation just everything no, about give their... out their address <laughs> <laughs> no we, we wouldn't do that that would be funny um, but yes no maybe some some people that I would prefer not to have a coffee with but I just ironic given hate. the name of the <laughs> podcast <laughs> 
Um, so as John said, because uh, of the like nature of the things that we're talking about, I have got uh, cited sources as much as possible. Um, so the information that I've got for today's episode comes from medium.com, The Guardian, um, a Reddit thread, which is um, on XJW, the website JW Facts, which is created by XJWs, um, and a site called silentlambs.org. So <laughs> let's start with, uh, I reckon, point, wait, if on a severity scale is like, one the most severe or the least severe our ace is high or low in this severeness warning uh in let's start in the in the 10 slot then if that's low if aces are high you, you're know. making the scale it can be whatever you want if you want the scale to be five to ten to three to two it can be whatever you want so. that's it let's start at position 79 um john can you talk to us about the um the their end of days uh so talking about their like prof- uh, prophecies that have yeah absolutely succeeded. so um this is i sort of asked sam if i could look into this and think about this a little bit because this is the thing that i sort of knew most maybe about the jehovah's witnesses apart from door knocking um which is that famously um particularly in their early years they were really specific in um, giving dates for the end of the world. Um, their sort of philosophy and beliefs now are still very much that we are living in the end times and that these things will happen soon. But in recent years, they have become a bit more coy about when exactly that might happen, which is sensible, I think. Um, but there's such a litany of really specific uh, predictions before that you would think that might raise some questions about the uh, the insight of the people at the top. Um of this group. So um, we'll start with a lovely quote from the Watchtower in 1972, uh, which reminds us, as Sam has previously said, that the Jehovah's Witnesses are the only true prophets of God. No one else is doing it. No one else is getting it right. But they are directly in charge and in contact with the Lord and vessels for his information in the world, which is why it's slightly curious that maybe some of the things they have said previously are or maybe not true. Mm, um, suspicious. Um, and here's another relevant quote that this source um, that I have supplies alongside this, which is from Deuteronomy. Quote, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Deuteronomy 18.22. So that might be a relevant quote as we go through this list of things which have not come true. Is that supposed to be like, uh, you know, in The Simpsons when Lisa's talking about jazz music and she's like, oh, it's about the notes that he's not playing. Is that, I think that's the like philosophical equivalent to that, isn't it? I mean, it's a great catch-all, right? And if it comes true, then it is God. But if it doesn't come true, then that's not God's fault. It's just the person who's saying it, Um, Mm. which is very convenient for God. PLC, but um, not so useful if you're a person prone to making predictions. Mm. Um, so let's let's kick off. Let's um, let's think back, Sam, to the year 1889. Um, a favourite of ours. Um, and uh, here's from one of the earlier um, Jehovah's Witnesses publications called "Time Is at Hand," um, and here's the quote. <clears throat> the battle of the great day of God Almighty, which will end in AD 1914 with the complete overthrow of Earth's present rulership has already commenced. Okay. So... Uh, um, Like, a big thing did happen in 1914. Yes. Would you say that was the complete overthrow of Earth's present rulership? If, If Franz Ferdinand was Earth's present rulership... True. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure that it was. I don't know if it was the complete overthrow of all of it. No. Mm. Huh. Um, so that's when they first sort of started definitively putting a date that really soon the world was going to, um, w- we were going to go into Armageddon, all those things that are in the Book of Revelation and so on were going to start uh, happening. Um, in 1906, the first Jehovah's Witnesses president, Russell, said... <clears throat> These truths I present as God's mouthpiece. I admit to being the faithful and wise servant foretold in Matthew 
24. So this is him really clearly saying, I know what's going on. These things are true. They're coming straight from God. The world is ending really soon. And he's saying that in Watchtower uh, publications. Hmm. I mean, nothing like doubling down. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, really going for it. Um, so that sort of push really continues through into um, these different times. Uh, we get nearer to 1914. Um, we had the, the great disappointment beforehand, didn't we? Which was supposed yeah. to be. And then, oh, this is JW. Which is specific. what Jehovah's Witnesses split out of. Yeah. Which yeah. again is interesting. Like if you're, if the movement you've split from because of uh, uh, unrealized prophecy, mm. like you'd just be a bit more cautious, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or maybe let's not go along with one that's got this prophecy. Let's let's go for some yeah. different prophecies. It's just, which I guess in a way is a testament to presumably they are sincere because they've given it a date and have sort of stuck their colours to the mast. In a way, I sort of think, you know, like with Harold Camping, right? He was yeah. wrong every time. But he, but it, I, I, he, he must have genuinely thought he was right. Otherwise, you'd yeah. just stop, wouldn't you, if it was in any way about self-preservation. So, um, yeah, yeah. And if he was right, wow. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, you have to start asking questions. And here's a fun quote, which is on this sort of, um, but isn't directly related to the end of the world, but it's quite a fun one from Watchtower. <clears throat> uh, this is from uh, 1913. Um, just think about how this applies to us, Sam. Some have a strong desire to worship God, Others have a weak desire and others have no desire at all. The difference is due to the shape of the brain. Okay. What shapes my brain then, John? Bad shape. Just like a sad face. You know, like you used to, in sweet shops, get the chocolate misshapes that were all the chocolates <laughs> that were rejected from yeah. other brands and they put them all there. Yeah, it's like a melted Rolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that seems to be something that is, is not true. Right, there are no discernible differences in the shapes of brains between believers and non-believers. Yeah, but no. The mouthpiece of God, who is definitely speaking to God, was was just randomly saying that shit in nineteen thirteen. Yeah. So anyway, you might have noticed that the world's leadership was not completely overthrown in nineteen fourteen. There was chaos and change, but uh, but the world did not end. So what are you going to do? Well, you might pick a new date. <laughs> 1917, <clears throat> in Finished Mystery. Great titles in some of these publications. Oh, yeah. What, like, started mystery, finished mystery? Or, f- or finish mystery? In- from Finland. <laughs> like a, um, a, a Scandinavian noir. Yeah. <laughs> That's a finished mystery. Um, so here's a quote. <clears throat> uh, in the year 1918, and the next bit is all in capital letters, when God destroys the churches wholesale and the church members by the millions, Whoa. it shall be that any escape shall come in the works of Russell. Okay. That mm. same article also predicted that World War I would finish in October 1970. 1970? 17. Oh, 17. Um, which also famously, yeah, it did in- not. Incorrect. So that passed. But why let that um, why let that stop you? Uh, here's another great book title, 1918, uh, publication of Millions Now Living Will Never Die. Okay. Mm-mm. I don't know if you've noticed millions of people from 1918 who are still alive, Sam. But... If if they mean uh, uh, crocodiles, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no, John just took a drink and I made him <laughs> Actually, drink a those bit. thousands of places in heaven are all <laughs> reserved for Crocodiles Crocodiles <laughs> and maybe those tortoises that live for a long time I found out yesterday that seagulls can live into their 30s What? Shut your dirty mouth, is that true? Mm-mm. Yeah, I saw it Well, I saw it online Yeah, That's kind of scary so you could like go past a seagull or like a seagull could steal your pasty outside and actually is, you know, it deserves it because it's three years older than you. <laughs> wow. There was a seagull that used to terrorise us here for about four years Ooh. and then it disappeared. And about four years later, another one came and did the same behaviour, banging on the window. Maybe it was the same one. I thought they died after like seven years. I thought the other one had dropped it, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, same guy. 
just like oh, try again what a bastard mm. um so neither of those things came true uh but why let that <laughs> stop you crocodiles. because uh <clears throat> in millions now living will never die which also sounds like a great bond title yeah or like the... like um, an ai made up a bond title yes <laughs> <laughs> if you want me anybody producers to um to write a james bond film where he has to become a jehovah's witness for some reason Whoa. Um, i i'm available i'll i'll work with phoebe waller bridge if you want uh, yeah I, I'm... oh poor you <laughs> Um, but anyway, in that publication, uh, quote, we may confidently expect that 1925 will mark the return of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the faithful prophets of old, then the condition of human perfection. Then the condition of human perfection. So does that mean people that were born after 1925 are human perfection? Are we human perfection? <laughs> I have long suspected it, Sam. I, yeah. I think if I was human perfection i wouldn't have got covid (laughs) (laughs) your human perfection to me but neither of those you too sorry (laughs) we'll just move on uh 1929 quote uh, this is uh, this uh, less exciting uh publication it's just called prophecy yeah uh which says quote the scriptural proof is that the second presence of Jesus began in 1874. The scriptural presence? Proof. The script... Mm. Scriptural proof is that the second presence of Jesus began in 1874. But it was written in the past. Mm, uh, where? Does it say know. where? No. At least not in the... Cool. Um, so that wasn't true either. Um, Almost certainly. But this must be, uh, things must be difficult at Watchtower um, headquarters. Um, Because in 1943, um, the current president then, Franz, uh, said in that publication, oh no, or is this actually in a, oh no, in a court case, I think, um, said, Jehovah is the editor of the Watchtower. Oh. Okay. Um. Uh, which must have been with, quite awkward in editorial meetings. Yeah. Um, especially with all the stuff they were getting wrong. Um, he also, in the, oh yeah, this one is in the court case, also claimed that he was a Hebrew and Greek scholar, but when the judge tried to get him to translate um, some stuff in the courtroom, couldn't do it. Oh, that's like, oh, like that lady that um, Onrak researched. Oh, yeah. I can't remember um, her name. It, mm, I wanted to say. Oh, Lewis when they were talking about Melissa Scott. Yes, Melissa that Scott. That's actually, who her I was translations aren't aren't very clever. They just seem to be from the same book, right? Yeah. Yeah, people like to claim that stuff like this, almost like they don't have credentials and feel they need to fake them. Hmm, curiouser and curiouser. So, oh, this is also fun. So, just other things that they get wrong. Nineteen forty-three. In Truth Shall Make You Free, another ironically named publication, mm-hmm. quote, man cannot by airplane or rocket or other means get above the air envelope, which is about our earthly globe and in which man breathes. What's in the air envelope? What We live in an air envelope? We all live in I guess in they mean the atmosphere, envelope. right? But this is sad news for Bezos and Musk and Branson. Um, mm. that apparently it's impossible to get beyond the air envelope on the atmosphere but lots of people have been beyond the air envelope yeah i'm um, starting to think maybe we should become jehovah's witnesses ma- yeah maybe some of their predictions are wrong <laughs> okay so we've got to keep trucking got to keep getting members 1966 in everlasting life in freedom they say quote 1975 and this is my favorite edition brackets in early autumn will be the end of the sixth thousand year day of man's existence it would not be by mere chance or accident but we'd be according to the loving purpose of jehovah god for the reign of jesus christ to run parallel with the seventh millennium of man's existence six six thousandth six hundred thousandth the sixth thousandth year day of man's existence 
So I think that is basically a fancy way of saying 6,000. 6,000 divided by 300. I guess because they're younger. Are they creationists? They don't think the world's only 6,000 years old? 6,000 years. 6,000 years, yeah? No, 6,000 year day. Yeah, but I think they're using day Oh, as in a day of the... I was trying to work it out because that's only like... I've just worked it out like 16 years if it was 6,000 oh, yeah, days. No, I, think, I, think it's, I think day is figurative. <laughs> okay, I get it. I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. It's very confusing. Um, <laughs> but again, nothing nothing particularly significant seems to have happened. Nope. Um, in that time. Um, Early autumn 1975, I'm sure some lovely people were born. Um maybe some assholes and again there were some other publications also saying that um this was there was going to be an amazing like the seventh thing was going to start in that in that period of time and that was going to be very exciting and significant it certainly has been no oh so here's another um bit of publication um yeah there we go so they published this in a few different places that this significant um epoch is going to happen um, around there and then the next uh, quote in <clears throat> why are you looking forward to 1975 published in 1968 okay yeah quote the battle of armageddon will be over by the autumn of 1975 it may involve only a difference of weeks or months but not years Ooh. so does that mean the battle of armageddon's over and we live in the and we are in the post armageddon world now I could Apparently so, if you if you um, believe that, and that was the last like firm date that they gave for an Ooh. end of the world or a, uh, the start of the uh, apocalypse. And since then, they have been uh, more reticent and more open that we are just living in the last times. But that's a lot of very specific dates to give. Um, yeah, all passed by, and a lot of other like strange information that supposedly comes from God, the editor. Yes, turns out not to be true. Uh, no, I wonder if it's just like, I've I've got a um, cartoon imagining of the publishing and the editing of the Watchtower magazine, where just there's a man sitting at the computer and just get kind of tippity tapping and going, God's doing it, it's not me, God's doing it, delete, 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 God's doing it, boo, not me. A little ray of light is like falling from uh, from an unspecified source onto the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of things that are claimed, which would be fine to get things wrong if yeah. you weren't simultaneously saying, we are the only true prophets of God. And literally the to... only people getting this right. Just to call yourself the truth as well. The truth with capital T's. Um, um, but yes, I enjoy that very, very much. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, I'm going to take it one step down the scale of bad now. End of the world. End of the world is is fine. We know that didn't happen. However, lots of the things that I'm about to talk about, allegedly or prove in a proven way, did happen. Uh, so the first lot of um, dumb shit I'm going to talk about with the Jehovah's Witnesses going to go a bit more into detail about their um, policies around blood transfusions. So this is something that I find super, super like curious and interesting. I wondered about like the rights of the patient and the rights of the medical team and like what some of that meant. So uh, I found some documents on the NHS website. So the NHS is our national health service. We have uh, the state healthcare in the UK um, and loads of information is on their sites it's a good place to go before going to a GP or something like that um, but so there are documents on there from various local trusts about like for staff to read to learn about Jehovah's Witnesses or for people who are JWs to go and learn what their rights are and how to access oh, the, the no blood treatment basically so they they say like the, the one that I read um, particularly was like, hey, you're a Jehovah's Witness. You don't want to take blood. This is your right. So you've got the right to refuse blood. The doctor then also has the right to refuse to perform surgery on you. So the doctor can just go, well, no, and like, no, I'm not going to. If I can't give them blood, I'm not going to do it. Oh, fair. But in that case, they have to then refer them to a surgeon or a consultant who is known to accept those kinds of patients 
with no guarantee that that consultant will be able to yeah. solve the problem. Um, and they rely a lot on the um, the Jehovah's Witnesses Hospital Liaison Committee. So that's we mentioned about that last time, but just some folks that are there ready to recommend um, doctors and medical practitioners who will perform bloodless surgeries or whatever else it is that they need. That seems like a fair way to, mm. to do it, right? To say, OK, if you assert that right, we also have the right to yeah. refuse to do it. Yep. Um, they can carry a no blood card. Um, I'll pop a picture on the Instagram of one of those. Or they can wear a wristband. So you know how some people have like a diabetes alert bracelet? They can have a like no blood for me bracelet. Instead of live strong, like <laughs> live with an element of danger. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Um, and they can also, uh, um, when they sign up to a particular NHS, like a GP or anything like that, they can put specifically in their in their NHS file that they will not take blood. So there's um, an advanced decision form. So I think that's the equivalent of sort of an NDA thing. Okay. Or they can fill out a, a, like a, a trust checklist that gets put in their medical file so that if they, if it's not like an emergency when they can't, the hospital can't identify them. Um, that if it's if it's a kind of routine procedure, it will be there in their file that they will not accept cool. blood. A bit like a living will almost, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read various uh, anecdotal reports, I think that's the legal way to say it, of uh, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses who've been in ter- like terrible, terrible accidents, car accidents, things like that, um, who've been rushed to accident and emergency. Um, but almost immediately someone from their church would be there to be like don't give this person blood don't they don't have blood so as soon as like the emergency contacts were found it was already like they don't get blood no blood for them wow um and so there are are stories of people uh being near death um reasons that people have left their families is because they were told after they'd come around after this um accident that god had saved them but where they've been left with debilitating injuries that could have been prevented by the just the transfusion of, of blood. Um, there is some talk of uh, them being able to accept some blood parts, but I couldn't really find much information about that. So you know how you could donate platelets and just receive platelets? Oh, okay. Or, or like, just... Would, would plasma be okay? Because that's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is plasma? So we can cut this out. What is plasma? I think it's just the liquid substance, isn't it? Oh, okay. Because there are cells and there are cells. It's the bit that's like... Oh, and that's what they're in. Okay. Yeah. Science. Oxygen. Chemicals. Biology. On that note, light note. Um, Okay, so... I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, some illness in children now. If that's not something that you're up for speaking about, please skip forward a few minutes. Um, So in some recent news, uh, in 2019, a high court judge ruled that a five-year-old girl with sickle cell blood disorder could and should be given a blood transfusion against her parents' wishes. Her doctor said that she could die or suffer a stroke if not treated urgently. So this went all the way to court. The parents were saying, no, 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 don't give her blood, don't give her blood. And then the court was like, she needs it, she has it. So taking away that decision making uh, in in, in protection of, of the child. Uh, There is another um, sad story here as well. Uh, In 2018, Victoria Mercy Hospital in Melbourne was granted emergency court authority to give blood to a 17-year-old first-time mother if it was required during childbirth. So she was considered to be an increased risk because it was a first-time pregnancy. She was a tiny, weeny little young person and the baby was large. So there was a high probability that she'd have some kind of hemorrhage. Um, which would be of super low risk to the baby, but the mother would be, you know, could die from from that. Because um, of her age, it was seen that like she could, she's still a minor. Um, and so there are some rules in Australia where decisions um, about a childcare, a healthcare of a minor don't have to have parental consent. Um, but because of her age, she was able to be of kind of, compass meant us to decide those sort of things okay. herself but they said like and her, her mother was saying no 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 don't give her blood don't give her blood but it was ruled that um the judge said that uh, i am not satisfied the girl has the maturity to understand the consequences of her choice i do not consider that allowing her in effect to choose to die is in her best interests mm. it seems and this is 
uh, my making assumptions that this child was born of perhaps not the uh, not the best kind of sex, whether that's whether the theme of that was because it was uh, Jehovah's Witness based and it was premarital sex and that was seen as being um, weird or whether it was abuse. I don't know that. But that's the kind of like the vibe I got was just this poor little like naive young child was about to have a baby and about to try and kill herself because she just didn't want to take blood. Hopefully, if you skipped along that little section, you're back with us now. Gonna talk a bit. This is uh, another little step in in the severity of bullshit. we're going to talk about how big the Jehovah's Witnesses are on female suppression. Yay! They hate women. Mm. Allegedly. Um, so in in Jehovah's Witnesses, like scripture Our and doctrine... Our lawyer just nodded approvingly uh, <laughs> at you. And, and for any listeners imagining that lawyer, she's a woman. So if you imagined a man, oh. you're the problem. <laughs> I was just going to say maybe our new lawyer could be Ash. And he could wear a little bow tie and have a little briefcase that he drags in in his teeth. That has to happen now, please. Uh, so, uh, talking about them shitting on women, probably not literally. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, Lawyer's women, nodding again now. Women are thought of as, quote, a compliment for a man. Like a nice handbag or something. Or a, like, oh yeah, isn't that a lovely shirt? Oh, like that woman shoes. really brings out your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, in in a, a relationship, a, a woman isn't allowed to have any say in like planning her wedding, except for very small decisions. Like, I don't know, uh, do you want your shoes buckled up on buckle three or buckle four? Um, and what if she doesn't want to wear buckle shoes? That's tough shit. If her husband says she's got to wear buckle shoes, she's got to wear buckle shoes. I think you should wear buckle shoes for the recording of this podcast. Sam, that's as the man, I'm going to put that put down my I'm going to put down my unbuckled foot and say <laughs> you must wear buckled shoes. And as the worldly woman, I'm going to choose to carry on wearing slipper socks. Thank you very much. Scandal. Um, women cannot give counsel to men, so you couldn't come and ask me for advice on anything. That's a big no-no. Um, and they're always expected to be a student. They can never. Who should teach. I ask for for advice? Oh, you can't tell me. Sorry, I don't know. My little lady brain. Speaking of little lady brain, uh, uh, one governing body member, Samuel Hurd, this is a theme, said that women's brains are 10% smaller than men's. Yeah, I feel like they don't, ironically, don't know very much about brains, right? Yeah, it's all a bit phrenology, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I think that I think that sometimes could be true, right? I guess just by size, relative size, right? But that's yeah. not an indication of functional power. Yeah, like if if you are you, how tall are you, John? I'm five foot eleven. Five eleven. There you go. You stand yourself next to a five foot tall woman, then maybe her head might be ten percent smaller than yours. Yeah, it just means nothing, does it? It's no, so stupid. absolutely nothing. Um, women can only talk from the platform at a kingdom hall if she is addressing another woman standing directly in front of her. If she's just in a conversation with a woman, she can't, like, they're putting up the, oh, I was going to say Christmas decorations, but they're definitely not doing that. Putting, dusting the curtains, I don't know. Um, so they can they can talk on the stage if they're just having a chat with each other, but they cannot address an audience. You know, like you're going to say something. I was just going to say that's dumb, but it felt redundant to say it. <laughs> um, something else that's dumb. Women can't pray in front of a man. So they can't, they can lead, women can lead prayer in circles of women, but they can't do it in front of a man, even if that man is a child. And if they have to, if there's no, so if that man is a child and the child is not able to lead the prayer, the women have to wear a big stupid doily on their heads and that's to keep them humble so they look silly and to keep them humble so they don't think because they can lead prayers they're suddenly above men. They can lead prayers but they have to look fucking silly when they do it. That John just so put his head in his ridiculous. hands. Yeah. so freaking stupid. Although it would be good if that applied to other things, right? Like if you, if you attain a certain level of power, you have to 
look ridiculous in some way to to keep you humble. I quite like that for certain. Like, yeah. Like, okay, um, Jeff Bezos, you can go to space, but you have to do it dressed as Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Blobby <laughs> <laughs> to keep you humble. Actually, this is a great. This is a good scheme. I'm trying to think. Of, yeah. Um, Let's do a okay. GoFundMe. Change.org petition. And it'll just always be Mr. Blobby, no matter what the you can do the thing, the stupid thing you want to do, but you have to do it just as Mr. <laughs> American listeners, I realize you might not know, or even young Blobby. British listeners, you might not know. Oh yeah, we're um, showing our age. About we? Mr. Mr. Blobby. Um, but I invite you to type Mr. Blobby into Google um and and have a little treat. That was a popular family character in the uk horrifying though and freudian as he is well yeah and and you know number one recording artist yes that's true (laughs) christmas number one yeah um had his own theme park now sadly demolished um so that's a lot of really obscure 90s references (laughs) only a very select few people will enjoy but we hope you enjoyed them um teenagers aren't allowed to date each other unless it's literally with the intention to marry um and basically if you don't to in the eyes of the jehovah's witness in in legitimacy if you don't get married you stay a virgin forever it's either marriage and sex or virginity and nothing that's it otherwise you're a baddie um but even if you get married uh you still can't have oral or anal sex so you can basically missionary or bust. <laughs> Chapter 32 of the Samantha Lund story. Oh, no. <laughs> missionary or bust. <laughs> um, I've I, Annoyingly, I've just noticed a bit in my notes that I'd gone to start writing about something and then my PS5 arrived in the post. <laughs> so I've got the title of the section and I'm just going to tell you what I remember about it. So this is all very alleged, allegedly, approximately. Um, so the the arrangement of a marriage is uh, a, called a headship agreement, which is ironic because they don't give head. Um, but the, basically, so the man is the head of the house. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that more than I should. <laughs> um, the man is the head of the house and the woman is not uh, not equipped for headship. John's giggling because it all sounds like it's about blowjobs now. <laughs> I am a very mature grown-up person. Yes, um, and but all of the thing, basically, all of the things that women do in their day-to-day lives is supposed to boost their husband's headship. So anything that I do around the home is to elevate headship. Thank you for elevating my headship with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so another step up the upsetting ladder. Ready? Boop, 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 boop. In any allegation of assault or abuse, even within a marriage, uh, a Jehovah's Witness must abide by the two witness rule. The two witness rule is bullshit. So I've got a quote here from uh, the New World Translation of Deuteronomy. No single witness may convict another for any error or sin that he may commit. On the testimony of two witnesses or on the testimony of three witnesses, the matter should be established. If a malicious witness testifies against a man and charges him with some transgression, the two men who have the dispute will stand before Jehovah, before the priests and the judges who will be serving in those days. The judges will thoroughly investigate, and if the man who testified is a false witness and has brought a false charge against his brother, you should do to him just as he had schemed to do to his brother, and you must remove what is bad from your midst. Those who remain will hear and be afraid, and they will never do anything bad like this among you. You should not feel sorry. Life will be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Stupid. Stupid, but there's... I think there's some sections in here that we can kind of uh, talk about. So the fact that it, so it's on the testimony of two witnesses or the testimony of three witnesses, the matter should be established. So if I allege that, say you and I are married and I allege that you've punched me, I go to the elders about it. And then the elders ask who my witnesses are. 
And my witness is, is I don't have another witness. You would be a witness, but you're not going to say you did it. So it's your word against mine. If I'm a compliment to you because I'm your wife, and that's a weird sentence to say, um, <laughs> then, then that's it. And so because I've then been seen to have brought a false charge against you, everything comes back on me. It's almost like this is specifically designed to protect abusers. Almost, isn't it? Isn't it funny? Allegedly. Allegedly. So as all that comes, so that that situation, basically, that comes back on me. Um, and then the elders might say to me, well, what did you do to make him hurt you? What might you do for that? What might you have done? It's making it my fault. And then uh, on uh, Reddit, there was a woman who talked about having basically the situation happen to her. And she was advised to wear short shorts or sexier clothes around the house because that might make you love me again. Along with your buckled shoes, Sam, I would like you to wear short shorts for, for this podcast. Buckled shoes and short shorts. That sounds like um, like a schoolboy's outfit, doesn't it? <laughs> um, that Again, that is just horrific as a piece of advice in the world, right? Uh, absolutely yeah uh there's a there's another story on um reddit the only way that uh, a jehovah's witness uh congregation will approve a divorce is in the case of infidelity and this has to be proven infidelity i can't just go and say he's cheated on me i need my two witnesses so there's a story about a lady uh who was forced to set up a stakeout so she had she she knew her husband was cheating on her so she had to find two other jehovah's witnesses to go and sit in a car with her and wait for her husband to come out of a hotel so this woman is already suffering because she her, she's designed a sting operation yeah and then to have to have two people that you perhaps you respect or that you would like to respect you that you go to church with have to watch that happen in oh yeah <sighs> Um, yeah, horrendous. Stephanie, a former Jehovah's Witness, said that when she reported her own experience of domestic violence, she was told by elders to do nothing. The accused remained in the congregation with privileges and authority. This is a quote. Later, when I came out to the congregation elders as gay, they sent two men to my house and asked me in detail about sex and masturbation, she alleged. Uh, and in the last kind of uh, step on the scale in uh, abuse against women, yay, um, women also allege, so in, in the theme of this like two witness rule, it gets flipped back up on you thing, um, that they were brought into meetings as a, you know, individually, one 15 year old woman brought into a meeting with three elders after having had sex with a, just with a child her own age for the first time. But she was made to describe it all in detail so that the elders present, again, all men, all established in their community, could decide on what her punishments should be. Um, and that could be as bad as disfellowshipping for these young people. They can be disfellowshipped, but as, as minors, they cannot leave their parents' homes. So they're just stuck in these homes as, as we mentioned before, like they can be communicated with, but they can't be spoken to. <laughs> it's, and I think this is the... You know, we've tried to tiptoe around some of the stuff about describing what what allegations there are about this group. But there are so many things that are, I said, sort of said it frivolously earlier, but genuinely seem structured to be abusive mm -hmm. or to provide a, a platform for humiliation or or the, the lack of justice for abuse. Like, I don't, you couldn't design something better to... To be to, abusive in that way, right? Yeah, like structural. Yeah, like high control at its very highest, isn't it? Because it's so yeah. seditious. It's so it's so minor and seditious. Because it's all kept. You know, you're told that the best way to deal with something is to go to the elders about it, and then the elders bring yeah. it on back to you, like S Club Seven. <laughs> Sorry, That's I never thought we'd get an S Club Seven reference out of this Jehovah's Witness uh, episode. Well, I had to bring up some lightness because now we get up to the tippity top of the scale of shit. Yay. Listeners, now I'm going to discuss some uh, child abuse and some child sexual abuse. If that is enough for you today, uh, 
thank you for listening. We love you. Um, if you're still here, I promise it's not going to be. Uh, it this could be much worse. I'm not going to go into the, like detail for descriptions, but it is going to talk about some horrible shit that happened to some horrible happened to some bad stuff. Bad stuff's happening. Okay, in 2018, uh, the Guardian ran an investigation into child sexual abuse and other mistreatment of children in the Jehovah's Witnesses. They received more than 100 reports, including 41 alleged victims of sexual abuse, 48 victims of other abuse, such as physical violence, and 35 who'd witnessed or heard about victims. Extraordinary. Yes. Oh, yeah, horrible. Um, when a, a Jehovah's Witness experiences sexual abuse, they're supposed to report it to the elders, who are always men, who will take further action if there is a second witness to the offence. The perpetrator will then be called before a judicial committee if they admit abuse or if there is a second witness. This two-witness rule also applies to children, and children as young as like four or five years old, if, if something happens to them, they have to have another witness or the the abuser has to admit it and so you know you know from statistics that abuse to children happens mostly by someone that they know or someone that they trust and if they can't trust them they're told to trust the elders and if they can't trust the elders <laughs> what the fuck can these little kids do it is alleged that the watchtower org have a database of abuse allegations made within Jehovah's Witnesses um, and victims and survivors allege that there are rings of of paedophiles and of abusers in the church in the same way like in that uh, in the spotlight in Boston how the, they found that churches were just moving priests around it is alleged that a similar thing happens in kingdom halls in the in the Jehovah's Witnesses and they've a few times now been asked to to disclose those uh, that those lists of names who've had allegations against them and have refused and I think gone to court yep. to say that they can't release them because they're private religious documents. Yes. Um, however, uh, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses have released um, like the forms that they have to fill out. So, John, if you don't mind, open up the first message that I sent to you. You will find... Oh, where did you send it? Oh, f- uh, Facebook Messenger. Okay. So you should see uh, a form. And this comes from Watchtower uh, New York. So this is a a form that in the case of um, investigating an alleged perpetrator that an elder may or may not fill out. Would you mind reading some of the form for us? Yeah, so um, question one, what action has been taken by the elders? Um, How long have the elders known of the accusation before calling legal? A series of letters to ask if the elders have read them. How many accusations have already been made? Has a child had to receive medical examinations? Who told the elders or brought the accusation to the elders? Where did any conversations with the child occur? Did the elders talk directly to the child? And then how many elders felt that the victim was somewhat at fault? Or, and bear in mind, this appears to be a list of questions investigating a report of child abuse. Or willingly participated in the acts. Yes. Hopefully none of them, because that would be a horrific thing to think. Well, and it... uh like legally isn't possible the age of consent in this country is 16 years old in other places it is higher um so that's the sort of so it's basically like the last step before contacting legal as it says on there is yeah deciding whether you think the child was horrendous Mm -hmm. but again like you can understand certain processes being in place for for religious reasons or for administrative reasons, but some of these things seem so deliberately designed to cover up or ignore abuse. Like you couldn't design them more perfectly. Um, so there's 
There was an interesting story online about a, a former elder who was assigned to investigate a child abuse case. Um, and so went through all of the scriptural things that he was asked to do. And they his his group of elders decided not to go to the police, um, but instead to make sure that the perpetrator wasn't assigned to work with children in his work as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, but this elder, this this decision caused him to leave the church. He was just like, I cannot. I cannot go along with anything that says that this is the right way to, yeah. to handle well, it. Good on them. Uh, in a statement, the Jehovah's Witness themselves say that safeguarding children was of the utmost importance. They say that a victim and their family had the right to report allegations of child abuse to the police and that the principle of sufficient evidence was a scriptural rule not relating to reporting an allegation, an allegation of crime to the authorities. Elders treat, quote, elders treat victims of child abuse with compassion, understanding and kindness. Elders will conduct a scriptural investigation of every allegation of child abuse, they said. I've got a follow up quote from the Watchtower in 1995. Um, if the accusation is denied, the elders should explain to the accuser that nothing more can be done in a judicial way. And the congregation will continue to view the one accused as an innocent person. The Bible says that there must be two or three witnesses before judicial action can be taken. Even if more than one person remembers abuse by the individual, the nature of these recalls is just too uncertain to base judicial decisions on them without other supporting evidence. This does not mean such memories are viewed as false, but Bible principles, or that they are viewed as true, but Bible principles must be followed in establishing a matter judicially. Yeah, fuck them and fuck them. Yep. Biblical principles, if that's what it leads to. Fuck something. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of um, of the reporting and what they actually do, John, would you like to go to um, form number two that I sent mm -hmm. you? So this, this here is uh, what an elder might fill out. Okay, so this is called child abuse telememo. So if, if a child has phoned an elder, I assume? Um, date and time of the telephone call, who's handling the call, who the caller is, where they're from, what congregation they're in, the name, age and um, congregation status of the offender and victim, a brief description of the nature and extent of the abuse when it occurred, if the victim is in the same home with the offender, what efforts are being made to protect the victim, has it been reported to the authorities, giving details of how, who else has knowledge, have any elders been contacted by authorities for testimony? And then there's a section here. It's okay, I've got it, I've got it zoomed in here. Cool. Um, that looks like it says non-reporting and reporting. Which so, I guess is their decision whether they're going to report it or not. Exactly. And then underneath is a scriptural justification for that. So in the reporting side, it's uh, if... Uh, they've spoken to the offender directly and he's willing to turn himself in. If he's not willing, if there is, if there are more than one witness to the events. If no one who has knowledge of the abuse is willing to make a report, two elders should make an anonymous report from a neutral location, such as a phone booth. They should keep a written record of who made the call, to whom it was made, the date and time of the call, and other pertinent factors. Yeah. So really, they talk about like how important children are to them, but just at every point, fail the children the whole way. Uh, I'm going to end on a slightly lighter note, if that's okay. It looks like it Very definitely okay. is. Uh, so there is a website called silentlambs.org, uh, and they collect stories of individuals from the Jehovah's Witnesses who've spoken out about their abuse. Um, silent lambs help them begin their healing journey through therapy education and support in reporting these things to the authorities legal advice um, emotional and psychological help uh, they on their website they keep a list of towns where alleged jehovah's witness child molesters have been reported um, this website was founded by a man named william bowen who was a jehovah's witness elder for 15 years um, but there are some open letters on the site where he breaks down why Jehovah's Witnesses is a terrible place to be um, mm. and why the treatment and mishandling of these victims is so disgusting. Um, and he now works as an expert witness in, in criminal trials 
where uh, where child custody or, or child abuse in the Jehovah's Witnesses is being discussed. Um, I spent a bit of time on that website today uh, and there are some like really massively awful, heartbreaking stories on there divided into two sections. There's battered lambs and abused lambs. They uh, uh, involve, yeah, both of these sections involve stories of men and women who suffered emotional, physical abuse, neglect, rape and sexual assault. Um, and in the in the way that we do on this podcast, I was kind of looking for quotes or like a story to read out. But honestly, it was all just horrible. They're just sad stories of people who have been ignored or gaslit and abused, um, who eventually do or don't leave the church or do or don't pursue criminal action um, against their alleged abusers. Um, there are some beautiful stories about people like having been able to find themselves after the church, um, but they come couched in these in these horrible, intense stories. Uh, if you would like to read them, then uh, silentlambs.org is the website that you can go to to find that. Uh, the last little bit I'm going to finish on um, are if you want some happy JW news, head to jwfacts.com because this is a like anti Jehovah's Witness website um, where they'll publish every time Jehovah's Witness have to pay money to somebody because of abuse. Uh, so most recent, the most recent one that I could find, uh, like JW were kind of pretty consistently and regularly being found to have hidden instances of of abuse whether that's uh, in a in a domestic partnership or whether that's to children um and uh so most recently uh jehovah's the jehovah's witness church was made to pay 35 million dollars uh to a family who were victims of a uh a prick called maximo nava reyes so at wow. least they're 35 mil poorer yeah and they've had to pay out so many times haven't they i yeah. I don't know if you saw it. There was a great Vice documentary earlier this year about the mm-hmm. um, Jehovah's Witnesses. But if yeah, and I, for those wanting to know the Jehovah's Witnesses' official responses to all of this, there's there's clips of them putting their side over, and I invite you to watch that and see how credible or appropriate or um, justified you think those responses are. But let's hope that they can be bankrupted with the number of payouts they inevitably have to yeah yeah um Um, and if you are listening to this worldly worldly podcast from within the jehovah's witnesses and would like support head to silentlambs.org it seems like they're doing really really good stuff if i believed in him the actual god's work in helping people Mm. um recover and that's it wow that's hopefully the end of our uh, Jehovah's Witnesses series. Yeah. Unless you've got any more nuggets of information you'd like to sprinkle in. No, no, I think that's a that's a, a great and, and comprehensive look in, mm-hmm. uh, Sam. It might be that we come back and do updates as we have with other groups because there are so many things that are sort of ongoing and yeah, um, and continue to come out and and people who've um, sort of talked to us and, and shared stories that. Uh, some of which we've peppered in and some of which we've maybe alluded to mm-hmm. because we've not wanted to give details, but it's, yeah, it comes to the same thing as, as lots of other current groups, right? that you can have your particular beliefs and your organizations that run in a certain way, that these mm-hmm. organizations, particularly that set themselves up as the sole authority that tell you that every other part of the world is fallen and not to be interacted with. Whether that is true or not in the metaphysics of the universe is just a breeding ground for opportunities for predators. And you've got to have a more robust system in place than than the fuckery that these guys currently have. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, get, get, uh, I don't know how to end this off because it was so freaking bleak. Uh, thank you for listening if you've got this far. Um, if you would like to get in touch about this or any of our other episodes or about future episodes, uh, do that coffeeandcults at gmail.com uh, or you can join us on social media at the various places under the name that you would expect it to be. Uh, if you would like to send us some support, you can do that on Patreon where you can also watch video content. John just opened and closed his mouth and you would have known if you were watching this on Patreon. Uh, or you can send us a one-off, send us a one-off donation at ko-fi.com forward slash coffeeandcults. Thank you. Thank you. Please do get in touch. We love hearing from you. Some of you have been very kind in messages that you've sent us. 
Yeah. Uh, recently as well, it's really, uh, yeah, it's lovely for us to know that there are people out there listening and uh, enjoying it. So, yeah, we really appreciate that. Thank you uh, to those that have done that. Uh, we're heading into a new year. We wish you a very happy uh, and healthy and exciting uh, 2022, full of love and adventure. Um, and we'll still be here and we'll still be uh, podcasting. We've got, we're going to go back to a few sort of um, one-offs. Uh, over the next couple of uh, episodes um we've got a couple of john and sam adventures visiting places that are i promise coming up uh and uh and possibly some other bigger series in the in the plot as well there's going to be lots of cool stuff in 2022 uh we hope you'll join us again for that yeah and most importantly of all remember that we We, love love you. you bye we're going to talk to you you are the initiate you are the cause we've been. We found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand. Either-